Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500 here for your Monday. And no, Dow is not here, but he said he will be here tomorrow, so that's a good thing. And uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover, as we do in every edition of the Rock of Talk. Don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and apping directly at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. You can watch me live right here from in-studio. I'm without headphones today, so I can't hear anything at all, and uh, that's kind of a good thing until I have to take phone calls. And I wanted to take a lot of phone calls this this hour, but apparently uh, that may not even be a possibility. Yeah, you probably wonder, how does he do a show without earphones? Well, I've got to try to do a show with earphones, so I'm going to try and find him uh, during the break. Not sure where they went or where they ran off to, but I want to get your feedback on this uh, opener here, which is the polls and the stuff that has come out uh, that you know, really tries to tailor your votes. It tries to get you to start thinking, maybe I shouldn't show up, or maybe I'm going to work a lot harder, or maybe I'm not going to make that donation to that candidate. He's a little bit too far. Well, it could be a lot worse, or it could be a lot better. And I kind of want to take your pulse on this here during hour number one. So I'm going to plan on finding my headphones because I want to get your feedback uh, on that uh, going forward, just so we can kind of see where you truly are. This has uh, been done. These polls, I've always said, are a little bit of suppression polls. I think a lot of people feel that way as well. I think one of the things that has happened during my mayoral elections, like, oh, well, he's only got, you know, 13%. And then it turned out I had 20%. Um, those act as suppressors. And remember, I got in very late, 13 days, jumped in. So I know what these polls are all about. I know what to pay attention to. Um, you know, we didn't try to raise any money during my mayoral run. We were simply trying to be a truly grassroots. And then other people try to, you know, do the very same thing and realize that eh, maybe I just don't have what it takes. So let's get to the big one, of course. Michelle Lujan Grisham having a seven-point lead, according to the Albuquerque Journal. Dan Boyd doing the write-up of at the Albuquerque Journal. Um, and there's three takeaways here, okay? One, Mark Ronchetti has a chance to close that margin of victory. That's going to depend upon you. That's going to depend upon the national news. And most of all, it's going to depend upon really how the events of the next roughly 75 days play out. So that's everything from local to national and the coverage that comes from channel four, seven, 13 and other media that's out there. So remember he has a chance to win. It depends upon where you're going to go with this information. If you plan on, on deciding to help him close that, that's only going to help. And then of course, how is the news going to be treating these two? Okay. Now the, Easy early favorite news seemed to go Mark Ronchetti's way. And I was not very happy with the seven points. I really was thinking that this was more of Mark Ronchetti's race to lose. But it doesn't seem that given this information that's coming out, and it's surprising to me, my jaw dropped a little bit. I expected to see Mark Ronchetti probably 47, 46, 
I expected Michelle Lujan Grisham to be, I don't know, 42 through 44. This was a little bit of a turnaround, uh, to be quite honest. I did not expect this. But, hey, you know, these are the pollsters. Um, Sander Hoff was wrong on mine. The same percentage that I had, 13% going to 20%, I'm just going to add that to Mark Ronchetti. And we've got to get the people who say, well, we're, we're going to go ahead and vote for him. So let's give him an extra few points there uh, as well. Not to mention, you know, uh, I, I I will say that they did forecast that Tim Keller was not over 50. This was the last big poll that was done. He happened to get 52% if you trust what happened, but that's up for interpretation, I suppose. Okay, so <clears throat> the political wins, as Senderhoff said, said, could still shift again in the weeks leading up to November 8th. That, that's a big nothing. That's right there. I gave you the three takeaways that you need to take, and there's really not going to be any skirting of any new issues. That's going to be up to you out there to do. And I plan to certainly do my part because I cannot, no way, no house, tolerate another four years. Remember, I'm the one who led the original impeachment of MLG. Um, that's what I was all about, impeachmlg.com, I believe. And that was all done legally. We, we crossed the T's, dotted the I's. Now, they break this out demographically. I don't know that there's a real need uh, to do that and go over all this with you. You can pick it up at albqjournal.com. Uh, uh, education level, 47% for Michelle Lujan Grisham. I thought Mark Ronchetti would get a higher level than that at 44%. Really, uh, Mark Ronchetti has more support despite the party registration, 33 to 47%. 33, he's outperforming. Michelle Lujan Grisham inside her own party. He's got 84% inside his own party. She's only got 82%. So that seems to me like a little bit of momentum and a possibility of taking away. Mark Ronchetti actually has 9% of Democrats. And I think on some of the issues when it comes to education, uh, certainly the woke politics of CRT, if some of that can be played up. And then, of course, the big one, in my opinion, is going to be crime. How much is that going to get amplified? You know, what are we looking at as far as these crime rates? Remember, the scanners are down. I cannot track uh, crime right now in the city of Albuquerque, but we are at 102 murders. I'll talk about that a little bit later on uh, in the show. The other big one I thought was just exactly what we thought. Those with a graduate degree and a college graduate, uh, remember, she's offering up the free college, and then the they're supporting her 58% to 32%. I would have thought with a higher income, you know, more tax breaks, uh, certainly, you know, more small business breaks. I cannot believe that Michelle Lujan Grisham is beating Mark Ronchetti by that much. So reaching uh, the more highly educated voter is something that Mark Ronchetti has got some uh, work uh, to make up on. And then, of course, the big gap. We're a racist state, uh, no doubt about it. Hispanics vote for Hispanic. One of the detractors from Mark Ronchetti is that he's not Hispanic and, uh, there's just some people that just play the race card, and we have traditionally played it right here. Uh, I don't like to call my own race Hispanic, but it is just some one of the things, and it's a trust issue. I think a lot of it has to do with some of the things that have been impressed upon. If you're Hispanic, generally, by and large, you want someone who, his, who is Hispanic in there, and that's really the big edge. They had to have been uh, very happy about the fact that there wasn't a single Hispanic that ran for governor in the Republican Party that had any meaningful take. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the things that they are certainly uh, pretty happy about. So gender, uh, you know, fe female, male, uh, the males pretty even, surprisingly. 
uh, I cannot believe, given the uh, way that Michelle Lujan Grisham has conducted herself, that she has something that is, you know, parody in, in males. I would have thought it would have been 50% male for um, Mark Ronchetti and maybe 35% to male. So certainly something to be done there. And then that's, of course, because of the woke politics, hating the patriarchy, as we have done. I mean, we have seen that over and over being played up. And then, of course, you've got the abortion issue in in all of that. And then the females just uh, absolutely, I, I guess, Ron Cutie, that angle isn't really working. Uh, they're not really wanting uh, eye candy or someone who's fit and takes care of themselves. I guess they want someone who maybe is a bit more like Michelle Lujan Grisham. So 50 to 30%, uh, 36%. So that is a little bit surprising. So I think, you know, the gap is probably closer than this is saying. Um, but, you know, it all matters uh, leading up the 30 days. And then, of course, voting day, November 7th. Um, I will say one thing. Karen Bedoni needs to get out of this race. Uh, there's something that I got a little bit earlier uh, today, which I was uh, pretty happy to see. And it looks like uh, she is being uh, brought up. This from the Maggie Toulouse Oliver, Executive Director of Ferris, SEC case 2022-027. Uh, after a review of the complaint as a referred response provided on August 10th, and the respondents' campaign finance reports, she will have to resol resolve them and get in compliance. Back after a quick break, right here in the Kiva. here in the Kiva of the Ipsic Henry Kiva, I do have my earphones in, or at least one. Uh, not, not my Bose earphones. What am I going to do today? So, uh, again, the three takeaways are, are really pretty simple. Uh, Mark Ronchetti has a chance. It all depends upon what you choose to do, donate uh, or get involved with the campaign. Also, the Republicans coming together. Haven't seen much of Steve Pierce. You know, he's got to get his ass in gear. You know, the rest of the Republicans have to get their butts in gear. Remember, and this all comes from top down. Uh, you know, Mark's got his race to run, but the stronger he runs, he doesn't need to connect and, you know, start communicating with the rest of these campaigns. The better it is for everybody else down ballot. And that is uh, absolutely key. And then, of course, it all depends upon how the media decides to go ahead and cover it. So we've got to prioritize our media in here. And I certainly hope on helping on doing that. It's based upon, by the way, a scientific sample wide of only 518 voters. So this is not statistically significant in my mind. Uh, August 19th through the 25th, I think a lot could be uh, done. Based upon research and polling, Sanderhoff has been pretty good. I wouldn't say he's deadly accurate. So this was in margin of error and certainly closer than Pierce was to Michelle Lujan Grisham uh, back in 2018, in, in which was very much the uh, Trump retaliation election there in 2018 for Michelle Longgrisham. She no doubt benefited by the fact that, uh, remember, it was those big midterms. They shut down the government. You had the Supreme Court playing itself out during that time with the Kavanaugh hearings. I mean, there was so much crap that was going on. 
All of the interviews by Sanderhoff were live, professional interviewers, multiple callbacks to households that did not initially answer the phone. According to uh, research and polling, the cell phone numbers were 79%, landlines were 21%. You know, I don't really know how to look at those, uh, to be quite honest, but, uh, you know, I would just say, hey, we've got a chance, and that is good enough. The other races don't look as good. Um, that also coming out in the journal poll, doing the very same thing. Um, these are double-digit leads for each of the Democrat candidates. Uh, and I think a lot of this has to do with how well known these candidates are. Um, Raul Torres has, is someone that everyone's heard of and not for good reasons. I think it's important to stress that. Not for good reasons. Raul Torres has helped the turnstile justice system work in the criminal's favor, not in the public's favor. I think he's dropped the ball on a number of cases. And uh, let's not forget that he got a nice tidy sum of $100,000 from none other than George Soros. The Republican just stepped out of the race. This is really his first race. The first time he ran, he had nobody to run against, literally. He won his primary. He was done. You know, that was it. And now he is literally going to march right into the attorney general's office unless you have something to say about it. Now, I happen to have met Jeremy Gay. I like him uh, quite a bit. I think uh, he's got a great background and certainly somebody, in my opinion, that is marketable, but we've seen little to nothing from him. So this is uh, what's called a sort of a dry run. It's just registered Republicans. Who is the Republican? Who's the Democrat? Okay. And there's a it, 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 Republican Jeremy Gate m- matches exactly right up with the total number of registered Republicans. If the election attorney general was held today, who would you vote for? Well, if Democrats would vote for Democrats, Republicans would vote for Republicans. So, you know, this is really zero, zero. It's a matter of outperforming going on in. And the one issue and one issue only is how much can the Republican Party and Jeremy Gay and the rest of the people who are going to be helping Jeremy really expose Raul Torres for who he is? That's what they've got to focus on. He even showed some strength, they write, among Republicans picking up support from 14% of the GOP respondents, while Gay, by contrast, had support from just 6% of the Democrats. That's simply name recognition. There are people who are simply going to vote for somebody that uh, recognize the name, and that's where it gets to name recognition. It's two to one in terms of name recognition. The other races, not so close. Secretary of State uh, looks all but done, 45 to 33 again. Audrey Trujillo having 33% of the votes. Libertarian Mina Erica Myers had support of 4%. So again, these libertarians, even if it does get close, they're going to take enough away from Republicans, not Democrats. Whoever's telling you these ridiculous stories about Republicans are benefiting from libertarians being in the race is stupid. It's just absolutely stupid. We, we got to cut this crap out already. I don't know who's talking about this in this way, but libertarians are spoilers. Where did where did the Republican go? Gary Johnson. He went to the Libertarian Party. Okay, he's no uh, he was not able to upset Donald Trump, though he would have liked to. He attacked attacked Donald Trump a hell of a lot more than he uh, attacked Hillary Clinton. So that was your Libertarian candidate uh, for president back in 2016. Unfortunately, that logic does not work here does not work in this uh, statewide race. The Libertarians directly take away Karen Bedoni, takes directly away from Mark Ronchetti. Uh, I would urge every, every single person that they can to talk to Karen Bedoni about, I mean, Michelle Lujan Grisham is absolutely enjoying 
Karen Bedoni in the race. I mean, Karen Bedoni is so angst-ridden. She's so directing this. She doesn't care about anybody but herself in this race, but herself, okay? And whatever come up and she's going to end up getting that's coming, you know, her way is going to be coming by way of the Secretary of State. They're going to go through her reports. I doubt that they're going to do it uh, very expeditiously. I think they're going to take their time. They're going to lollygag it, and they're going to enjoy having Karen Bedoni on the ballot because that is going to be the difference, ladies and gentlemen, having a Karen Bedoni. Audrey Trujillo, by way of the Libertarian, uh, though she is not going to be within close, it would have been more close if there was no Libertarian in the race. And then, of course, you know, you've got, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing the other uh, statewide race in all this. State Treasurer has no Libertarian uh, running in that race. So there you go. 44-33, Harry Montoya. You know, he's a Johnny-come-lately Democrat. He's run as a Republican before. Not a particularly likable guy. I don't think that at any point we thought that we were going to, you know, get in that particular race. And then the land commissioner does have a Libertarian and a third-party uh, uh, candidate, I, I believe. Uh, he's been in here uh, in our studio. Stephanie Garcia-Richards, uh, Polling at 46%, which is right what the registration is, as well as 11% lead over Jefferson Bird. So this is straight down the party line. There's not much money that has been spent that's probably been put to any real good good use. No issues have been put front up front so that we can pay attention to them. And, you know, the seven-point lead over Ron Ketty is really needs to be the focus of everything. Now, Michelle Lujan Grisham's feeling so good. Um, well, not... Physically, I suppose, if she's still undergoing COVID. You know, there's been little to no reports for the front page news that was being carried by the Albuquerque Journal. Uh, I know that she was involved in some paralegal conference over the weekend. Uh, they've been getting her name out uh, quite a bit. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the girl fandom that seems to be going along uh, uh, her, I mean, she, where she can do no wrong. Uh, we're not. They're not paying attention to the stats. They're not paying to the, where we rank 50th and unemployment, 50th in education. They're not looking at the shutdowns, the New Mexico restaurant industry. I'm glad to help keeping that story uh, up front and center. Uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham and her staff have come out to the media and stated that there's actually more restaurants than there were before the pandemic. I mean, she can go out with bold-faced lie after bold-faced lie. Mark Ronchetti has done a great job of calling her out on those lies. But for some reason, Whatever the reason is, it's not getting enough traction to actually create the space so that Mark Ronchetti could get, you know, I think a little bit closer uh, to her. I'm Again, I'm very surprised that he is even uh, trailing her in those polls. But again, it's only 518 that are sampled. Michelle Lujan Grisham today pardoned six people. That's right. Convicted of crimes. Again, out in front for the criminals. Uh, always friends and buddies, but they feature one that is probably should be pardoned. And that was the woman who survived serial killer, David Parker Ray, the toy box killer. Cynthia Jaramillo is instead dedicated her life to working for women who face homelessness and addiction. According to the Albuquerque journal, Elise Kaplan, the others who also pardon include Bridget Yvette Tabor, Jack Ferguson, Travis Earl Gatling, Randall Johnston, Kathleen Warder. The figure forgiveness includes a fraud, Larceny, burglary, drug possession, and distribution, and failure to disclose the facts to obtain public assistance, amongst others. No, uh, no comments there as to whether or not she has. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm not going to make any bad jokes during this time that we're addressing the election. Uh, we'll just go ahead and power forward. Since taking office, 
and this is the score uh, record, uh, scorekeeping, if you will. She's had 56 pardons. 56 pardons. What does she get in return for those? Huh? Susanna Martinez, during her entire time, Lise Kaplan did the uh, research on this, issued only three in eight years. Soft on crime, soft on criminals. There's a commercial right there. 56 pardons. I don't know if you can tarn feather those who have been pardoned, but uh, Republican Gary Johnson and Democrat Bill Richardson also significantly more than one Susanna Martinez. Lots to get to uh, here in the show. I, I got to tell you, we'll give you a Trump update. You talk about the economy. We've got a three-quarter point uh, rate uh, that is definitely coming at this time. Uh, of course, we'll talk about crime and drugs. Islam or uh, Muslims in New Mexico. Uh, I think we need to wrap that up a little bit more tightly. We'll give you a COVID update during the third hour, including shortages and electronic vehicles, all that and more. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in here this afternoon. I appreciate those who subscribe at rockoftalk.chat. I sent you a number of emails with all the notes for the week. Plus, I updated everything on the rockoftalk.tv. You could go ahead and download and watch those for the upcoming week. We'll keep that there. Bandwidth is through the roof. My bill is going to be three times uh, what it was uh, back in, uh, you know, without me doing all the uh, on-demand shows. And we support those platforms on our own, publish those on our own. We don't use YouTube. We don't use anything else. It's simply everything that I use and we create locally. So thank your advertisers. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Back after a quick break in three minutes. Thirty-three here in the Kiva on AM six hundred Can't find those damn headphones. <laughs> I have no idea. They're uh, we got them. Very expensive, but what are you going to do? And just going to you know keep on slugging it out here. So uh, boy, I'd hate to lose those headphones. If those are indeed gone, that would be no bueno for me. So, all right, let's get an update on what's going on with Donald Trump now that we've covered the election and where we're at. Uh, remember, folks. We're marching on towards this election, and it requires you, your help, your financial help. Uh, I I don't want to live in a state like we've lived for the last four years. These edicts, directives, they're all coming back. They're going to be nice. And remember, the I think, I think we're still in emergency under emergency orders, uh, right up until the middle of this past month. Like we were one of the last ones that were left. I mean, come on. After everything that has happened. After everything that, that, that's gone on in this state, you've decided you want to reelect these same people who have led you to this point? Like, what is so good when people have so much to complain about? And Republicans, how could we not have organized and capitalized on ourselves? Like, this is ours to lose. My opinion. I've worked my ass off. I've run for offices. I've been here every single day, slugging it out at the mic, doing what I can, getting information out, trying to impeach MLG. You know, certainly Dowd has done his part. Like, it's frustrating. Like, really? At at 2022, we, we end up at this point after we expose the fraud of the Wuhan virus, after we expose the fraud of all these things that they've handed down to us. Oh, I've got to run around with my mask. I still got to pretend like this is a big deal. 
I'm going to show you it's not a big deal. We talked about it. You heard the Mark Stein report as well. In fact, I'm sitting here on a piece of paper. They're going after people that I'm affiliated with. Mask or not are neither effective nor safe. A summary of the science. Well, it turns out it's not just the masks. It's the vaccinations. You're more likely the more you're vaccinated. More than 10% of people who've got any vaccination regret it. Vaccinated are making up a higher proportion of COVID-19 metrics in the United States. We'll talk about that. Boosters may not be a good use of resources. Yeah, you think? They're literally throwing the boosters away. How is this not a campaign issue? This is why we needed to make sure that all of our candidates aren't vaxxed, that they show up, you know, that they got, you know, they've been tested. Our mask effect at preventing transmission of respiratory pathogens. No detectable effect against transmission. Should I go on? Backward unfiltered airflow was found to be strong, meaning they're getting you sick. Oh, we'll talk about this more a little bit later. I can't. I've got to got to talk about Trump. Our man Trump he is uh, dealing with so much and on his own. Depresses me. Depresses me if they can do this to him, they they can definitely do these things to you. We do got some good news. Okay? First we'll start with the bad. Of course, Joe Biden not involved in intelligence assessment of Trump documents. BS. Okay. We're covering up all the Hunter Biden stuff. Sean Hannity looks like he's in election gear. That's good. It certainly looks like Clay and Buck doing a better job. I didn't hear the rah-rah speeches. Red wave. Got to get rid of that stuff. Okay. Oh, we're going we're gonna to take things over. We're going to take back this. We're going to take back the Senate. We're going to take back the House. And we're going to go ahead and, and, and go after Hunter Biden. Uh, this is why your talk radio hosts need to be tested. They can't be buying into this stuff. They got to be willing to fight to the very end. You know, I get criticized all the time. How come you didn't have a party from like, because we weren't going to win. We were trying to get a runoff. Like it wasn't going to rah, rah, we're going to win. We don't tell ourselves lies. No, no, we don't do that. And that's what happens when you get caught up in this red wave BS. It's crap. Stop. There isn't going to be some sort of red wave. They're now forecasting the Democrats might keep the house. You should be working twice as hard. And donating four times as much as you were planning on doing. You think politics don't matter? Ask a small business. Ask somebody that you lost because they got rammed and vented. Politics matter. How about 87,000 IRS agents? You're welcome. I decided not to be politically active. How about a $2,000 bill for every single person? No, it's not an inflation thing. How about to losing an entire election? Had to get 18.5% more votes than he probably got in Joe Biden. How does Barack Obama, in my opinion, who was twice as popular as Joe Biden, somehow manage to get 18.5% more votes? Why does your Secretary of State race actually matter? Because of exactly that reason. Maggie Toulouse Oliver, head of all the Secretary of States across the country. I'm digressing a lot here. Okay, but I'm telling you why the elections matter, because we can't get away from this. We can't pretend like this isn't important. Oh, it doesn't really matter who's in office. They'll 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 get them to win whoever they want to win. It's all the same people. Doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican. Stop. We're talking about direction now. So Joe Biden isn't involved in an intelligent assessment of former Donald Trump. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I want to say. 
an appropriate action for the director of the intelligence community to undertake. But again, I'll let them speak for the details of this. DNI Avril Haines last week told the Epic Times that the Justice Department and ODNI are, quote unquote, working together to facilitate a classification review of relevant materials, including those that were taken by FBI agents at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I am consistently looking for some silver lining and some hope. Okay. And it's important for me to get this information to you so that you can see that there is a glimmer of hope. Because every day it just seems like Republicans are just getting beat up, beat up, beat up. And there's no organized front to take it back. I mean, Marco Rubio might end up losing his, okay, maybe not a big loss for you, but he's a Republican. I watched the ABC News. I was at a hotel room yesterday morning. And I just happened to turn on the TV because, okay, after watching a, a marathon, great Top Gun, feeling all good. We're going to take over the world. We're going to defeat the Russians and the Chinese. And uh, my kids my kids think Top Gun and Tom Cruise is the greatest movie they've ever seen. Oh, it's party. The whole thing's one giant party. The good guy wins. The bad guy loses. That world doesn't exist anymore. Because Sunday morning, I'm watching George Stephanopoulos take it to a senator who's barely trying to def- defend Donald Trump. And I'm like... He's not even trying that hard to defend Donald Trump, and he's still getting completely and totally bulldozed. Bulldozed by Stephanopoulos, who won't let it go. He's making these straw man comparisons at the same time. Well, if we go back to Hillary Clinton, we go back to, look, you stop. Let's just focus on what we do know in this particular case. The president declassified. The FBI was already in cooperation with Donald Trump or the library of whatever. We're talking about libraries. Nowhere, anywhere as bad as Hillary Clinton. Nowhere, anywhere as bad as Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. You know, Democrats are now at the point where they think that the president does not have the ability to declassify documents. Because if Joe found out he could declassify documents, he only is holding this argument because he wants to make sure that, you know, Donald Trump's going to get indicted. And Donald Trump will get indicted. Okay? You can stick Donald Trump in prison and we're still going to defend him because we know that you guys have been after him. This is the only office the man has ever had. He wasn't a criminal and never has been a criminal. The FBI marched into Mar-a-Lago and took privileged materials in the Trump raid. That's according to the Department of Justice today. The Justice Department's privilege review team was tasked with reviewing the documents, prosecutors said in the legal brief, coming in response to a weekend ruling by Aileen Cannon to schedule a hearing on whether the special master is needed. Donald Trump is going to get the special master now. It's almost a certainty. I know they're hedging. They're saying, well, it looks probable. It's very likely. No, the special master is definitely coming. The Department of Justice team identified a limited set of materials that contained attorney-client privileged information and had nothing to do with the materials that needed to be ascertained and retained by the FBI. They completed its review of the materials and in the process of following the procedures. Prosecutors will provide more information this week, they said. The special master will get approved. This is important. Why? 
because we're actually going to drag this out a little bit. We're going to actually get some fairness. We're going to get some, right, the the Democrats love equity, equitable. She's inclined to grant former President Donald Trump's request to appoint a neutral third party to review the documents and other materials seized by the FBI. There is everything that was issued earlier today. This getting amplified by the liberal media, CBS, NBC, ABC, Plain. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're finding their pundits and they're deciding to indictment him in the press so that it's expected and so that they can go ahead and remember, they released all this stuff. They could have done it any time. They could have done it last year. But no, they needed to leverage this because this was their election strategy. Pull out every imaginable thing in the book. And then when all that doesn't work, we still got Donald Trump to grill because we have all the control. We have the Senate. We have the House. Thank God they don't have the judiciary. And we have the executive. Federal judge in Florida just took the Presidential Records Act case, including the unprecedented, unnecessary, unannounced, this according to Trump, FBI DOJ raid of my home, he wrote. The assault was done for political purposes just prior to the midterm elections. It is a disgrace to our own now third world nation. The DOJ has until tomorrow at 1 p.m. to file response to Trump's request ahead of the hearing, which is set for September 1st, which I believe is going to be this Thursday in West Palm Beach in Florida. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva on AM 1600-KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. When we return, we'll talk about the economy. Monday afternoon. Well, Friday was one of those days, right? It was one of those days where all the information was coming in and we were hoping things were going to get better, but things kind of didn't take a good turn on Friday. And then we launched into Monday and everything is down, down, down. That's right. Uh, Things not looking good today out in the market. Uh, It was a, a loss for Wall Street. And what really is on everybody's minds is those interest rates, how long they will stay high. The Democrats are no doubt going to be responding, not taking any. I mean, you can ask any Democrat out there. Everything that's happening in this world, in the economy, is all Donald Trump's fault. It all, every, every single thing is, is a Republican's fault. They have no idea. They're lost. They're like, oh, Republicans. Okay. This is what happens when you don't control the narrative, when you don't control the media, when you don't consolidate your support behind the right candidates with the right messaging, when you're too busy. Like every Republican wants to be right, and they're just not. Okay. I mean, take your strain of Republican. If you're a Democrat, you're just one strain, and it's everything that the Republicans are against. Like they consolidate just by going against us, and we go against our own. How long will the interest rates stay high? That's really what we got to figure out. The interest rates are going to stay high through 2023 in the least. We're getting another three-quarter hike. It'll be three points or 300 basis points. Probably going to see at least another half point to a point on the next one. 
depending upon the inflation news that comes in. No doubt the reflation, inflation numbers are going to say, oh, well, it's not going to be that high. And then post-election, if the Republicans win the House, then it's going to be the Republicans' fault. Right? Are they 10 to 20 seats, 30 to 40 seats? You, know, you better hope that the Republicans don't win too much because the narrative is controlled by the media. Wall Street Journal, New York Times, you know, Washington Post. Take your pick. The next interest rate hike will come this next month. The markets, they're starting to deflate. The Fed's estimate of neutral has been around 2.25 to 2.5% where we currently are. That should be a sure sign indicator that those rates are going to jump north of 400 basis points by first quarter next year, okay? So like I just told you where we're going to be, it looks like we're going to be at least 400 basis points by February of next next year, okay? What does that mean? You're looking at home borrowing rates in the seven, seven and a half. You haven't seen those rates since I think 2001? I don't know. It's been a long time. Never forget, yeah, you're going back to 2001 right there. All the investors are looking at this as there's going to be an interest rate hike. That's what you got to pay attention to. Federal funds futures used by traders to place wagers on the course of interest rates showed nearly a 69% chance the Fed will raise interest rates by 0.75% points in September. That's up from 55%. Oh, can Joe Biden walk out and say the interest rates aren't going up? The, the economy is getting better. Literally, these, these people are telling you the economy is not improving. That there's too much money. There's too much inflation. We've printed up too much money. It's too much free. Everything's free. As long as everything continues to be free, you're going to have more inflation. Many investors that thought the rate hike of that magnitude was very unlikely to happen again. And so they invested in, oh, we're going to believe what Joe Biden says. We're going to believe what the Democrats say. Oh, look what Joe Manchin's doing uh, where they're fighting inflation. <laughs> It was anything but fighting inflation. What, are you going to raise the G line? That's not going to work very well. That's the government line, M1, M2, M3. The pa Mr. Powell himself said they have to show resolve in fighting inflation. That tells you they're only going to kick rates up north for at least one, one and a half points again by February of next year. U.S. stocks dropped. Bond prices lowered. After his remarks on Friday, then compounding it today with a nice big fat loss to kick off the week of nearly half percentage point. We're going to go south to 32,000 tomorrow. The S&P down 0.67 of 1%, down to 4,000. The NASDAQ down a full percentage point, down to 12,017. You're going to continue to see a lot of push down on all these portfolios. And especially, we haven't even started talking about the shortages, the rationing, the various things. And I started to you know, talk about this on Friday. Growing fears over food security and price hikes as severe drought hit crop production. We're going to look at diesel prices that are going to start to go higher and higher. Now, let's go back and look at May and June. What do they tell us April, May, and June? Inflation was coming down. It was at 9.6, then it went 0 .9, 0 0.9, 9.8. Then it came down to 8.6 in May. Energies, groceries, costs, fastest rise in consumer prices since December of 1981. But all the news was that it was going down because it started trending in the other direction. 
We're happy. Well, what did they blame at that time? Given everything from the implications of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Chinese lockdowns, and Donald Trump, and just the sheer appetite for travel, what we've seen is the perfect storms of those factors hitting with some major refinery closures as well. Well, Biden didn't help that. Prices for used cars and trucks rose. Shelter rose. Food rose. Clothing rose. Literally every single category. That was May. Did it improve over the summer? No, it didn't. We, we added, added a meager 372,000 jobs. Why are we still adding jobs if companies need to shed weight right now going into this inflationary pressure period? The economy added 372,000 jobs. The Labor Department said Friday hiring gains held near previous three months when companies added an average of nearly 400,000 workers. Companies are making irrational decisions. Why would you be hiring going in when everything is more expensive? Well, because you got to do something with all that money that you got during that time. Uh, an unbelievable 73% of companies took PPP loans. P -p Pretty stupid. Oh, we need to do what we could to survive. We need to go ahead and make ends meet. Okay. Yeah, you needed to go ahead and make sure that you keep these people on the payrolls for what reason? These people don't want the jobs unless they can stay at home in their undies, watching Netflix, hanging out at home all day, not working half as hard as they were. Literally, not half as hard. Some of these productivity numbers have never been lower, folks. We're finally paying the piper. When we return, I'm going to talk more about that. Because now we know that it's going to be at least three quarter points and hope we don't get any more for future bad information. Enjoy your last good Labor Day for a while this next week. For a while. Because now between now and 2026, things are not going to improve very much. If you struggle to make it and you take the singles and doubles and you're not looking for this big boom and those are your expectations, you're going to be happy. Okay? If you can stay in your lane and not feel like you have to be the next goodwill, the next generous offering, that you don't need to go ahead and, and feel good about things, that, that you're glad that you saved money or you're glad that you made an investment in this or that, whatever you chose to do. And hopefully it wasn't necessarily the things that your financial advisor was telling you to do. Hey, you need to go ahead and invest in more Amazon stock. You're going to have to get back to commodities. Those are the only things that are going to be going through the roof. Because there's going to be a hell of a lot of scarcity. I was just reading over the weekend from The Economist. As I often do, I have my subscription, still have my subscription. That's always good. Kind of gives you a good, you know, backing of what's happening here and across the pond. You know what they're forecasting in Britain right now? Their average household energy bill was about $221. Come January, February, March, they're thinking it's going to be triple that. Across Europe, they state, two questions will set the political weather this winter. How high will my energy prices go? And what will the government do to protect me? Politicians want to protect voters from big bills, but also need to cut energy use so as to avoid blackouts and reduce Russia's oil and gas revenue. This is all 
by design. Twenty percent. I can't make this stuff up. These are some insane numbers that they're putting out there. We had twenty. No, excuse me. Not twenty million people cannot afford their energy bills right now. Who's going to go buy an electric car? That makes no sense whatsoever when you have these types of energy bills that are, that are hitting those levels. We're investing in our future. We're making sure that things are cheaper later on. It doesn't feel very cheap right now. 20 million people cannot afford, 20 million households, excuse me, a tsunami of shutoffs as 20 million U.S. homes are behind on energy bill. That from Bloomberg Business Week. Then you got the news of today. 550 50, 500. That's 550 50, 500. I'll read your text next hour right here in the Kiva. Thanks everybody for uh, tuning in on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. GOP has conceded on the AG race, it seems. You have to bring him out to Albuquerque. Jeremy Gay, okay, that's fine. I've been reaching out to the campaign, pressing on why he's not getting out there. Well, he hasn't been on this program. Hour two, just for you here in the ABQ. Up next in the Kiva. Turkey's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM1600 KIVABQ.FM. Rock of Talk. Dot com. 550 500. Hour two coming at you from the ABQ on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget, you can watch me directly at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. I have found my earphones. There they are. Woof. Just, I guess, misplaced them. That's what happens, I guess, when you're getting old. I take all my vitamins, my memory vitalizer, all the rest of my stuff. But sometimes I misplace things. There you go. And uh, got my water next to me and got uh, you guys listening. And we've covered a lot of ground in our first hour, which included a review on what's going on with Donald Trump. The latest good news, I should say, not bad news. But uh, you won't hear that if you're listening to 4713 CBS, ABC NBC, any of the uh, mainstream media. We talked about the economy and uh, why things aren't as great as they could be. Uh, and it has a lot to do with the fact that we've printed a lot of money and we don't have uh, good policies going forward to grow the economy. And then we covered the elections. Uh, I, I guess I guess you guys were looking for more of my opinions during those first couple of segments. Uh, my opinion is I gave you three takeaways. You know, it's 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 hard to get motivated and emotional about a race when they're not making it seem like it is a race. And I'm not feeling from all you Republicans out there that you're feeling confident that there's a race. You have a chance to replace the governor. Ron is your guy. You better get behind him and you better go ahead after two and a half years, three and a half years, whatever we've done on hating Michelle Lujan Grisham and what she's done to the state. If you can't find it in the tank to get emotional about that, I don't know what, what else to say to you. Okay. I'm just trying to be a little bit more reasonable, not so amplified when it comes to the election. Eddie, 
you can't be doing that on your your airwave 60 days you can't be picking candidates like they want to come after me any way they can they want me to feed their fires and their fire is hey as soon as we're done with the election eddie we're coming after you uh, okay well, <laughs> we'll see how that worked and we'll uh, wait for that to go ahead and work again uh, she's gotten rid of 28 people in her own cabinet. Uh, she wants to get rid of, like, that's what you do when you're a dictatorship. That's what you do in your communist dictatorship is you go after their assets. You go after what's on top of the mountain, right? It's not like that. But remember, we had the <laughs> translator antenna that was taken down three weeks after Donald Trump's guy wouldn't shut up about it. Now, there's no reason for me to shut down, uh, shut off about it. Uh, let's not forget the biggest thing that we should all be talking about. And that is the, the ETA, the energy transition act. So according to Katie tub, Fox business, uh, heritage foundation, all the ingredients that led to cylinder scandal are now present in the inflation bill, the inflation reduction act. Remember that's where it started. They're going to go ahead and fight inflation. You're going to see inflation continue to escalate, especially over these next two to three months. They don't know enough about inflation to even understand what it is and that by allowing all these loans to just dissipate, okay, trillion bucks. It's, it's more like a trillion bucks, by the way. And the uh, Inflation Reduction Act that President Biden signed into law last week, hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money to be spent on green energy loans. What will that get you? Now, I gave you guys kind of a comparison last week of you know, what it looks like when you're buying the, probably the most practical, tangible thing, which is a vehicle, a car, the EV range, everything that you need to know. I gave you those ranges. Why would you buy an electronic vehicle or electric vehicle? Electronic, they're all electronic, right? The Tesla Model S Long Range Plus, that is the highest of all, the furthest range. Does anybody, can anybody tell me how long it takes to charge these things? Because I don't know. It costs you $2,500 to $3,000 to install this into your home. Then you got to pay P&M for the gas. I guess you'd rather pay P&M, right? Because they're not greedy. They, they don't care about making more money. They're not publicly traded. Then you would some guy who's uh, basically trying to generate some fuel out of his uh, place in southern New Mexico. 402 miles is what you get out of EPA combined range for a Tesla Model S. That's the best of its kind. On average, on average, you're averaging about 220 miles. How far can that go? That That's not very far. That's here to Cruces and you got to get another charge. EPA highway mileage, 50 to 60 miles an hour is 226 miles. Who drives 60 miles an hour? This is ridiculousness. This is, you know, when all practicality has been thrown out the window and you're like, well, I, I'm getting good in town, right? Well, you still got to get a gas guzzler every time you want to jump in. You get in the expedition, you get in the Tahoe, you get in something big. In every performance metric, it didn't make sense. But people are buying them anyway because it's the new thing. It's sexy. I guess. I guess. On average, the EV range is 92 miles per gallon. Is anybody factoring in the actual cost? How much more expensive it? No, of course not. Okay. The EV average for the weight of cars, 4,000 uh, pounds a piece. When you're talking about safety, braking, speeding, all the various things, it's all right there. 
It's better always in a gas guzzling machine, I guess we can call that, kind of going on. But here we are. We're going to go ahead and saddle up to buy whatever we can so we can satisfy what our government is asking us to do to virtue signal. To say that we're doing what we can to save the planet when we can't even save our own asses. A lot of money that had to be spent and not a lot of time, a lot of political pressures building with the global warming narrative that President Obama was starting to build. That's exactly it. That's their formula. The DOA awarded, you might remember, Solyndra $535 million in loans shortly after President Obama signed the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act in 2009. This is the same thing all over again. Solyndra filed for bankruptcy two years later. What about all the rest of the solar companies here in Albuquerque? All the rest of that stuff, right? It's the same disaster, and it's driven by an agenda. It's attempting to tell you what's better for you than you think better for yourself. You're garnering up some of those tax advantages. In the Inflation Reduction Act, $27 billion for the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund a new program that will overseen by the EPA and will set up a national green bank to fund green projects. Is this what we need to be doing when we're fighting inflation and we're trying to grow the economy? Of course it isn't. Green energy power sources are less reliable, less less performance, and no good for you. Folks, we've already waved the flag when it comes to what we've done with Russia. We've said, okay, we surrender. We'll go ahead and just move to electric vehicles. Is that, is that any better for us right now? I think not. It makes absolutely no sense to me that we're going, that this is part of the initiative in the Inflation Reduction Act. Seems to me like it's going to be more expensive. But, hey, we're saving the planet, right? So let's look at this as, as it contributes to the overall economy. Inflation is pushing up. They got to they got to push interest rates upward. And those rates that you were seeing for your homes at two and a half, three, three and a half, four percent, you're never going to see those anytime in the next decade. That time is absolutely over. Plus, the bar to get across those, we haven't even got into the social credit scores. Yeah, they're going to start including the social credit scores within the next couple of years. Yeah, they're going to evaluate your Facebook and all the rest of your places that you're all over the internet. That's going to be just as important as whether or not you pay on time. The credit agencies, Experian, and I don't know, the other ones that are out there, are figuring out a way to go ahead and slam that into your overall credit score. You know that? Those ultra-low mortgage rates aren't coming for you. Despite how fast you can find work and you can find it, you quit your job, you find another job tomorrow if you want one. And if the business can, can pay for it, they've got to get rid of it. The, they've got to shed that money that they got from the PPP. We'll talk more about this when we return in the Kiva. AM 1600 music.
Eva. Got a caller who wants to go ahead and jump in. Caller, Hi. you are in the Kiva. Go ahead. Yeah, Eddie, there's two points I want to make yeah, on this sure. electric electron, electric cars. Anyway, okay, in the world of petroleum, gas, diesel, wherever, the gas stations themselves, Shell, Conoco, Phillips, whoever, they pay to put the stations up, okay? Now, who is the equivalent to that? Oh, that would be P&M. So why are they not putting these charging stations up, for one thing? Okay. And the other point is, well, there's two other points. The other point is... How many, how many charging stations are there uh, in, in New Mexico? I think we're running at about negative four. I've, I've never seen any, but supposedly they're there. Yeah, I'm looking at here in Albuquerque. It looks like one, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, okay. sixteen. We've got uh, there's two sixteen. In the, yeah, two in the South Valley for. Okay, now who is paying to put them up? Well, I would imagine Tesla. Uh, there's one at the airport. Uh, okay. There's one there. Well, how many Conoco stations are there? How many Shell or Phillips? Or... Oh, uh, there's oh, okay. Yeah. I rest my case. Yeah. Now, the other point is a buddy of mine bought one of these wonderful electric cars, used one. It was like four years, three years old. It was three years old. And uh, for a son, him and his wife bought it. So anyway, they're... They get into it about three months later. The battery goes. I told him, well, right. you're looking at probably $5,000. Oh, I was wrong. He went down to the battery company, get a battery in it and everything. It took a while. It was going to take a while to get it. $13,500. So he calls me up. Hey, Tim, you want to come over with your Dodge and your gooseneck? I goes, yeah. Well, we need to go down and pick this car up. I said, okay. So we're picking the car up. We drive down to 2nd Street, and he takes it, and we pull into the squasher where they, the all squash show is to squash the car. So we put it put it in there, turns it into a block, minus the battery, because we'll have to use battery. Put it in a block, threw it on the back of the trailer. He goes, yeah, I just saved me a ton of money. <laughs> and we took it over, kicked it off into his front yard, and that's the end of that. Well, I've heard of, of many horror stories. I'd love to hear from a Tesla, but AM radio doesn't get into a Tesla. Uh, though digital AM will get into a Tesla, but that is uh, you know, a story for another day. But uh, I just don't hear them. I mean, these people are so into their agenda that they won't say anything negative about you know their experience. Oh, or they're, they're, they're so smart they've planned around it or whatever. That's what they tell you. They lie through their teeth. They are suicidal maniacs, these people are. When it all doesn't go well, they commit suicide. That's how these people are. They are irrational, illogical. And most of them, I, I, I don't want to throw the race card out there, but most of them are lily white, gringos, highly educated. All right. That's the problem. Never worked me, a day me, in their life. Let me, Never. Uh, let me uh, toss some stuff at you. Um, to charge a Tesla Model 3, it takes eight and a half to ten hours. Yeah, I've heard to that. To charge yeah. a 2022 Tesla Model Y, 11.5 to 11.8 hours. Right. And it takes 14 hours to charge a Model X. Okay. Right. So now we know that if you were to try, you don't take road trips in these things. It's impossible. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's no. Just, uh, they, you don't take road trips anyway, period. If you own an electric car, you're done. You don't go nowhere. To work and to home. Oh, but you don't work, so you just sit at home. Yeah. Because most of these people don't work. So Clipper Creek has something on this. They have a, a nice, uh, I wish this would be updated, but 
It's got acceptance rates in terms of their kilowatts, their battery size and what they can accept and level two and level three charge times. I mean, it could be as short as four hours on some of these. Unfortunately, those ones that are charging up for four hours, like the Nissan Leaf, have a range of 210 miles. Right. The exactly. BMW, I know, has a 192-mile range. Uh, battery size is, whatever, 23 kilowatts. So it takes three and a half hours to charge that. Well, so that's it, providing you have the electricity because, see, what we're doing is we're decreasing our energy, our electric capacity, okay, while increasing the demand. Because, for one thing, your electric bill, I know my buddy's kid, his electric bill went way up when he charged that car. That's why he had to have special, um, he had to put a higher amperage rating for his house and everything to do that. So his electric bill went through the roof. Well, if everyone does it, the bills ain't going to go through the roof. The power is just going to go off. So there you're going to sit with no car and no power. Good. We deserve it. Yeah. So I'm looking at these kilowatt rates uh, that are here. It says residential whole house electric vehicle rates. Um, You've got... Three cents a kilowatt hour, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Monday through Sunday, you're around when you can charge it. So you you actually are not allowed to charge, or at least it looks like, yeah, maybe there's a special up to 4,900 EV owners who take electric service under the rate schedule may request a WHEV rate pilot. Customers must have a qualifying plug-in electric car. I guess you register your car with uh, P&M here, and it looks like then you get your rate you get the better better rate. A subsidy. Is, they, is you and I are paying for it. Yeah, okay. So three three cents a kilowatt hour or whatever that is. Um, you know, I, I, my, my bill's north of $800 a month to, to run the station. So I know how many kilowatt hours I run. But this is, okay, let's see. Customer charge. Yeah, I would have to kind of figure this out, but I'd love to know from someone who drives an electric vehicle if they've calculated out the cost benefit, both in terms of their investment and how much the amount of time that it takes and how much they're actually using. So I have the kilowatt, which I can tell how much uh, energy I'm using. I plug it into the wall and it generates it. And then you plug in the rate and then it'll spit out the number that it's. I'd love to know what that is. Well, I'm sure I'm sure they know because they're getting electric bills for it, but they just keep it kind of under the hat and they don't talk about it. Yeah, but I think we have to do way better than that. The charging stations, the total of charging number of charging stations, there's in Albuquerque. There's a total of 69 charging stations, uh, and 24 percent of those are level three, which I'm assuming is better than level two. But there's no way to know. It's hard, yeah. yeah I, it's I hard know. telling the rating of it, but I haven't seen any charging stations. Yeah. I don't know where so they're at. There's one at University of New Mexico, Winrock, uh, and then uh, a supercharging station, and you know, and, anyway. a supercharging station. You could probably charge all of four cars at one time, <laughs> probably. I don't know. I think someone needs to do more investigative work. What I can tell you is it doesn't make a whole lot of sense now, but oftentimes people who are advocating for them will come. Uh, and make the argument to me, well, at one point, you know, gas-powered vehicles were, were new. You have to give them a chance. Well, they didn't subsidize that back by right. the government back in the day. Like they Cylinder, were where did all that money go? Where did solar or first solar, where did well, all the that money go? Yeah, but the government didn't invest in those companies. Those companies had to, you know, invest in themselves and figure out ways to and find a market and go out and sell it. You know, the people who invented the gas-powered vehicles 
you know, weren't subsidized, you know, millions no. of dollars, even in no. comparatively speaking in the 1890s, 1900s and 1910s with, uh, hey, manufacture more of these vehicles. So, right, exactly. They didn't put the burden on the taxpayer. Well, they couldn't because they couldn't pay for it and nothing right. happened until, you know, World Bank and, you know, the uh, the, the new economies, uh, 1912 and beyond. So once you have right. that, then you could go ahead and. When you know, Standard Oil and all of that came go. in. Print and all the you money know. that you want and get people but, to go ahead and buy into it. So but good one. Anyway, right? Eddie, I will let you go and you have a good day. All right. I appreciate the phone call. All right. Uh, nice little break there. Uh, from someone with uh, a few things uh, to add to the conversation. Okay, so back to the economy uh, here. We are getting into the point where we're starting to talk about energy rationing, okay? And there's a lot of concern about food rationing. I mean, why else would we be talking about crickets and grasshoppers and insects and other ways of getting your protein? Food prices are going to continue to climb. I've told you about the energy rationing that's going on in Britain and how much it is going to cost. Like this is sort of incredible that we're, we're talking about this, but I looked at this, these numbers is the food crisis over or just getting started. Zero hedge had that. It's just getting started according uh, to that. Um, let me see where it's at. UK energy bills rise by 80%. So this is a shot of things to come, okay? Now, this hit mainstream media, if you will. CNBC uh, had this out. And as I told you, it's about $210, $220 right now is what they're expecting or what it is right now. And where it's going to be, it's going to be north of $500 very quickly. Energy bills in October rise by 80% in October as regular announces hike. The new cap will be in fact from October 1st to the end of the year, after which is expected to rise further. The government is under pressure to announce greater support for households and a wide-ranging plan to oversee the energy supply industry through a time of crisis. Don't trust the government there. The candidates and the new prime minister have said the comprehensive strategy needs to wait until after the leadership and the election. Here's the number, okay? Energy bills on average an annualized uh, basis at $4,197. That's the cap. They're looking at, get this, they're looking at spending somewhere between nine to nine and a half thousand dollars a year in American dollars, in American dollars in their average household. How do you even how do you even plan on doing that? No, they're also including petrol and all of that. So petrol, electricity, um, and various other things is what it's going to end up costing. That's ridiculous. On top of that, food scarcity. Pretty crazy. They are already seeing large prices increase from yields following short of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's latest August yield. Spike in local feeds linked to drought for U.S. farmers and ranchers soared to 90%. 75% of Romania is currently affected by prolonged drought as well. A spokesperson for a grocer said, unless it rains very soon, the olive crop will be dramatically reduced. And a shortfall of more than 8 million, 18 million tons is expected by Brazilian soybean production. There you go. All that uh, that is coming down. So things to pay attention to. Here you go, Eddie. Oh, there we go. Thanks for sending me the the, the charge times. I appreciate that, Steve. Uh, Eddie, the EV is meant to take away personal transportation from the masses. It's the only reason that makes sense. That does actually make sense. Four miles per hour charging on a regular outlet. Four hours charging on a regular outlet. 20 on a 220 volt. Faster for supercharger. My friend has one. Okay, there we go. Hi, Eddie. Listening. Good show. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Oh, here it is. The Roger Dean Chevrolet. There it is. 
the repair estimate for a battery from electric vehicle, $20,853. I actually am looking an actual uh, EV. Uh, looks like a Chevy Volt 2019, folks. There it is. Uh, I heard that in California, you're only allowed to charge your car, I think, three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Your electric car, and there's a charging station across from the mayor's office downtown on 3rd Street. Uh, so there you go, 3rd and 3rd by the park over there. There's a little park by the gallery. Anyway, there's a charging station there as well. Let's hit a quick break, bring it back here in the Kiva. <music> Here in the Kiva, I blew the break. Just, I don't take phone calls generally, but you know, I gotta take, I gotta take phone calls. I gotta hear from you guys, hear what you have to say. I did want to hear more about the election, Eddie. A uh, very interesting subject today. The fact is that none of the greenies include the effect of the sun in their research. It's all smoke and mirrors. They're right there trying to take complete of our, take complete control of our lives, including energy, where they can keep you. Tesla supercharging can charge your Tesla to 80% inside of an hour. The catch, you have to subscribe to the service. If your car is salvaged but is repaired and runs perfect, no supercharge for you. Not all charging stations have supercharging. Yeah, there's only uh, 12 in all of Albuquerque. Uh, Eddie, electric cars give off substantially more EMF radiation. It's a health risk. Okay, uh, this from Defender Shield. Uh, so we'll look into that, take a couple of quick calls. Follow you in the Kiva, go ahead. Yes, Eddie, this is Gilbert Aragon. Uh, now, when a car is charged, even the one that under an hour, I mean, you're going to have to sit there for an hour and charge it. Yeah, you want to go uh, turn down your radio in the back. I'll wait for you to come back, Gil. That, okay, hold on. Come in the back. Go, go turn that oh. off. All right, I'll come back to you in a sec. Okay, so this from electric cars and EMF radiation. Could your Tesla be bad for you? <laughs> Wouldn't this be irony of ironies, right? Today, consumers have a range of choices when buying electric vehicles, but 17,000 cars were on the world's road in 2010. In 2019, that's going to 7.2 million electric vehicles. By 2040, well, you're going to believe uh, California, over half of all new cars will be powered by batteries. Here's what's happened. They emit gasless radiation called EMF radiation, folks. Yes, I, I didn't know this. I'm learning as I read this. Electric cars were around long before the release of Tesla and the Prius as well. So uh, if you go back to this whole entire thing, this EMF radiation is no joke. It emits from all electronic devices originating from their batteries, radio frequency only from wireless connections. So by the way, ELF emits lower frequency than RF radiation. So the closer you are to the transmitter uh, of the Tesla, the electronic device, the more you're exposed to the radiation that comes from it. So uh, apparently there's some sort of health and cancer risk and all that. Maybe maybe that it gets... Uh, <laughs> Activated by the by the uh, COVID shot. Who knows? I'm only kidding. The traditional gas power vehicle does not gain a small battery. Blah blah blah. Okay, so a look at the vehicle. Uh, let's see. They're looking for sustainability, large battery pack. I'll have to look more into this. I was looking for trying to find something. I'll have to actually read the whole article. All right. So go ahead, Gil. You had a question. Okay. Now, when you're going to charge your car, it <laughs> takes an hour, right? Just sounding that. Just listen to the way that it sounds. Hey, I gotta go charge my car. Doesn't yeah, well, that just sound stupid? Well, 
Uh, I mean, you go to a gas station, it takes well, maybe five minutes to fill your car up, and you're gone. Now, you're going to sit there for an hour, and someone's going to have to wait for an hour for you to charge it? I, I, I can't understand what these people are thinking. I rode in a Tesla one time. I told you, I, I think I, I told you about this. The guy actually had to, they couldn't leave um, where I was. They couldn't leave for like two and a half hours because they were waiting for it to be charged at the mall that they were at. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Oh, well, this is ridiculous. So they had to wait behind somebody else who was getting supercharged before they got charged. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, my then God. That, that's real rational acting there. But no one's factoring this in. Remember, in the world of virtue signaling, there is no, there are no rational actors. So there you go, Gil. All right. Anything else? All right. Thank you. All right. Good one. Bye. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, <clears throat> right to the old timers. It's tough, and you know, Gil's a little bit older. I, I, you know, he wants good things to happen, and he, he, he can't process that in his head. I mean, think about that for older people. Who is this going to impact? Most of all, the people who can't afford electronic vehicles. They're more expensive. They don't go as far. I mean, what if someone were to tell you? Well, anyway, I don't even want to ask the question because it doesn't. Somebody uh, text getting in here. I appreciate that. Uh, Eddie, in order to figure the watts, voltage, amps versus petroleum converter to BTU, British thermal units, that puts everything on an equal basis. Don't. Okay. I don't know. what. Can you, somebody translate what I just read? I don't even understand what that mean, means, Trevor. Eddie, uh, I researched that Chevy Volt. Roger Dean Chevrolet does exist. The invoice appears to be fraudulent. The Volt VIN is real, but when I researched replacement battery costs and it was no more than near 26,000, eBay has them listed for four... Oh, so we're okay with paying 4000 So somebody sent me the invoice. I read it. 20000 I read what, what you send in. And someone did the research, went to go look at it. And it's, so I guess we're okay with spending 4000 to replace the battery? Whatever. 550 500 It's 550 500 Thanks for all your texts uh, this afternoon. A lot of people have a lot to say about when it comes to electronic vehicles. But, you know. I don't know that anybody really has a need for one unless you are a Democrat. I'd love to see the registration of those people uh, who own electronic vehicle, electric vehicles. I keep saying electronic. They're all electronic, but electric vehicles. Someone made a point for the state such as Louisiana foresters. You have a hurricane or a tornado emergency. You have to admit a fire. Oh, that's good. Oh, I get it. Wow. Electric vehicle powers out. Hurricanes, tornadoes, some sort of natural disaster. You are S-O-L. Right, you have to evacuate, but you can figure you can forget about that because you would have to charge up your car, and it'll probably take you several days to evacuate. What about traffic jams? Anybody thought about that? How much that years? Yeah, not me. Okay, whatever that means. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, interest rates are going up. Inflation, because inflation continues to go up, more money has been printed. They gave more people what they needed. Supposedly, they needed relief from those unbelievable federal loan payments that they weren't able to pay. And let's not forget, let me remind you, those federal loan payments have not been paid over the last year. I think two years. I think they've had relief for two years, but that will end come December. No one's talking about that. Okay, No one is discussing any of those things. Is there a few food and energy crisis fueling the recession? Absolutely. With scarcity, things cost more. 
Food inflation hit 10.9% in July, the highest level since May of 1979. Okay? Food prices will not ease for quite a while. So if they don't ease, that means inflation is up. This is why it's very different than 1982. We weren't talking about food scarcity back then. Okay? Households that are struggling to cover the cost of their grocery store bills are going to continue to have more and more problems, despite the fact that the government's printed out this money or let you stay home or do any of these things. Okay? How about your energy costs? Okay? Fuel oil has advanced 75.6%. Gasoline has climbed 44%. Electricity costs have jumped 15.2%. Since when? <laughs> Since one year ago. Industry surveys show that motorists are driving less, combining errands, doing fewer leisure activities because of the exorbitant cost of gasoline. What about the exorbitant cost of the batteries as well? Electricity costs have become so outrageous 20 million households cannot afford to pay their monthly utility bills. Increasing power has led to a collective electric bill of about $16 billion in June, double the $8 billion in December of 2019. Businesses are also enduring higher costs. Services, uh, S&P Global Manufacturing Purchase Managers, the PMI, eased 51.3 in August. And it fell to 44.1, while the composite PMI dropped to 45. So anything below the number 50, which is now 44.1, okay, 45, illustrates a contraction, okay, of the manufacturing purchase. So it's impacting supply as well. Our ability to produce things because it's more expensive, the rationing leads to less production. We're nearly 0% manufacturing uh, space that's out there. We couldn't be producing any more than we are, and that's one of the strongest points of our economy. All right, finally, spending starting to come down. That's right, people are spending less. People are doing less, okay? We are now on the Europeanization. We'll probably adopting the imperial system, <laughs> the, the European metric system uh, very soon as well. So how bad will the food shortage get? That's something that we will talk about uh, as well. And, you know, there's now good reports out there on how you how you can feed a family of four on less than $200 uh, a week. Eddie, 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 what does that have to do with the snowbirds? Electric power RV makes no sense. Yeah, what would that uh, do? There's going to be a special tax for the gas guzzling tax that's going to go on that. Eddie, I got a dubious honor of working at a GM ATV research center in Calston, Indiana during the EV1 project, which was their first foray into fully electric vehicles, at least in modern times. Jim had electric vehicles that they used as delivery vehicles as early as the 20s, if I recall. Even back then, what people are discounting is how dangerous a battery fire can be up close. It is no fun. I used to do the battery pack testing at GM. Yeah, what about explosive electric vehicles? What if they just start blowing up? Like, honestly, has there ever been, I know that we, remember what an unbelievable story that was? The a, a, a electric vehicle just catches on fire and blows up in California, like the Fast and the Furious type, type deal. And it was all over the news for like two days, and people were like, well, you better not do that. What if someone just starts blowing up vehicles and, and starts, like, I could see, you know, a person going out there starting to just blow up vehicles because he just hates EV vehicles. 
I could see something like that and just, hey, blame it on the view. How are you going to trace that? How are you going to find that? That's certainly something that's going to be happening. I guarantee you. Uh, so that's another reason maybe not to pick up those EV vehicles, you know, create, putting a giant target on your back. Um, eventually, if you pay for the subscription service at some point, the battery pack will not be able to be supercharged anymore. As it ages, the supercharging only lasts. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, discussion about how quickly you should charge a vehicle as well. Back after a quick break. All right. We're going to continue uh, this discussion with all of your texts coming into the Kiva. AM 1600 Kia via Yep, I do own a Prius. Uh, it's in Dallas, so Langston has it. And, you know, he, used it. he just had another baby, by the way. You guys all remember Langston. I uh, had a 12-gallon capacity in it. What a fun. I used to get that thing going like 75, 80 miles an hour. I used to irritate the hell out of people on the roads. It was just like, it was so small and shifty. And I don't know, it was pretty cool. I just, I knew how to gear it. I was always last off the line, but... Once I got that thing going, I was like a, a momentum. <laughs> I could go, I could, I remember I would get like 500 miles out of a tank of gas. So uh, there you go. Um, all right. Th- this guy really wants to get his, I, I love it when you guys call, but this is fine too. Heaven forbid, Eddie, I've heard horror stories about electric vehicles, stranding people in areas where there is no charging. Tesla, I think, has a service that will come out and get your vehicle running again, but it's quite expensive. Unfortunately, I wanted to be a believer in electric vehicles, but they do not work on paper at all until we get better battery technologies, such as graphene batteries. I don't know what that, whatever. (laughs) Electric vehicles, like if I have to figure out what that is, I'm already uninterested. If I already know what that doesn't do or why I need to educate myself on something called graphene, I'm uninterested. First adopters are usually the first to get the penalties too. So let's not forget that. It's not like investing. Like if you're investing in that t- technology and you're getting the subsidy to do it, electric vehicles have an isolation problem between the cells and the pack. And that was always something we fought to deal with. And in very mild incidences, I've sold, I've seen isolation breach and reach and you get the full thousand plus kilowatts ripping through. Wow. Explosion. Well, that amount of power ripping through everything. The Tesla fire is considered a metallic fire and is difficult to put out. I've been there and it'll eat through concrete. It'll burn through concrete, middle burn through asphalt, it starts burning and keeps going. They are very easy to sabotage. That right there should just get you to not buy an electric vehicle, right? Uh, and it will not buy an EV. The 4,000 battery that I sent you was used. Okay. Wall Street Journal. I know I just read this article. And this is... I like how you guys took this and decided to just want to focus on the, and I think this is a, let's, let's step back from this for a second. Okay. Why was this conversation a good one to have? Why was there a lot of feedback? It's a practical matter, driving to and from work, driving someplace at some time is something that everyone can relate to how much you pay for that. What is involved in the production of that? Is it sustainable and why haven't we discussed the cost benefit of it? I think are all good things to discuss all the time. I, like, I think it divides people politically 
with regard to the, you know, newer electric vehicles. Remember, Prius has been out for a while. Drive those off the road. It didn't make much sense. Who's going to drive that? And it turns out, you know, those older ones are a lot better than the newer ones. So here is what's happening in the electronic vehicle world. Honda, LG Energy planned 4.4 billion EV battery factory in the U.S. Honda was down today. Honda was up today. LG was down. It's the latest tie-up between automakers and battery suppliers seeking to expand capacity by sharing upfront costs. 4.4 billion. What was their profitability last quarter? I mean, even though Honda's a great company, I mean, they don't just have billions to invest in something. And why are, you know, why is Ford laying off 3,000 people to invest in electric vehicles? Honda said it planned to hasten its EV push by spending 5 trillion yen, equivalent to 36 billion, on battery-powered cars over the next decade. 36 billion in battery-powered cars. Plans to roll out 30 electric models by 2030 and is pairing up with GM, Sony to develop them. Why is, why is Honda pairing up with another car company? But should I pair up with other radio stations? Like that just, it's irrational. What did I talk about with regard to fascism? How do you know it's fascism? The government is subsidizing the government partners with certain companies and then everything they change, they change the game so that only certain people will benefit, right? Part of that oligopoly really inevitably becomes a monopoly. It's just, differentiated by the fact that they're just slightly different companies. Honda and LG said they wanted their plant to produce 40 gigawatt hours of batteries annually. That'd be enough for more than 700,000 vehicles. What am I going to do with 700,000 vehicles? There's nearly 330 million people in the United States. Sounds impressive until you know what the output is going to be. Battery prices surging on the back of rising demand and skyrocketing raw material costs. Automakers are likely to opt for more tie-ups with battery makers and others to achieve economies of scale. You can't achieve an economy of scale in any of this because you don't you don't control the resources. You don't control the resources. You have to mine those resources from other countries. You have to get them from other places. So if you don't control vertically. All the components that are involved, you oftentimes say, are all the parts Honda or all the parts Ford or all the, no, we had to get them from here. Well, it's going to be more expensive because everyone's going to do their value add. Think of like a gross receipts tax for all the way through, like in the state of New Mexico. Why are things so expensive, right? Everyone's tacking on this, tacking on this, tag. That's the same thing. But if they can vertically integrate all the pieces and all the parts of these same manufacturers, then it's like, oh, wow, it's cheaper. How do they produce a car so cheap? Because they have produced everything in-house. Full switch to electric vehicles and fuel cars by 2040. So much for the Japanese superiority in vehicles. What what did we love about Japanese vehicles back in the 90s when Jap- Japan clearly beat the United States in the car wars? Says, I don't even know if anybody even knows about that anymore. Do you remember that? Toyota, Honda. I mean, Hyundai, South Korea got in on the kick because like, what the hell? 
we're just kicking the ass of, of all those terrible, you know, American vehicles so bad. And it eventually led to the shutdown of plants. It was all based upon fuel, fuel efficiency. Now they beat them and things are so good that they're just going to go out and take all their profits. I suppose their profits. I don't know what their profitability of some of these companies are, but there you go. I'd love to know. Let's see if uh, Honda has uh, an EBITDA or something that I can focus on. Let's see. Market cap is $45 billion. Wait, their market cap is $45 billion and they're going to invest $36 billion? Where does that even make any sense? Their last dividend was March 29th of this year. They have a market cap of $45.8 billion and they plan on investing $36 billion. Like they, that could only be done with the full blown cooperation of government. There's no other way. No one has that kind of money to invest in that. That is driven by the agenda. There it is. There's there it is is completely and totally exposed. I don't even know to say anything else. Twitter sucks, but in Germany, electric vehicles are now more costly than gas. I think we just had a small discussion about it. I think we we can all agree upon that. But vehicles themselves use gas-guzzling vehicles. Everything's more expensive. You better hold on to that vehicle. Better treat that baby right. Better take advantage of the free transportation so you can give a thing. Uh, <laughs> this is incredible. Average monthly electricity wholesale price in Germany from January 2019 through July of 2022 in euros per megawatt hour. Get this. <clears throat> per megawatt hour. January 2019, 30, I'm going to skip six months, six months. 30.61 January 19. July 19, from 30 to 35.77. Uh, January 2020, 22.52. Oh, nice. Nice, nice climb downwards. July 2020, doubles, 43.68. January 21, 47.18. July 21, 128.34. January 22, 251.76. July of 22, 315.26. It's a runaway train. While everyone is virtue signaling and telling them that they need to go ahead and get more efficient and save energy. How are we saving energy and somehow, I don't even know what the multiplier, that's 10 times. 30 divided by 315, yeah, 10 times. Other way around. Unbelievable. And soon home insurance rates will go up for EV owners due to the risk of charging fires. What about homes just blowing up? You own an EV vehicle? I, I see I see. this is what's going to happen. If these things are burning through concrete, this is a guy who worked in an EV factory. I'm learning a lot. I owned a Mosquito Island off the coast of Maine. I had battery power and generators made of 110-volt gas battery power. It, remember Y2K? <laughs> a lot more efficient as people think, and there's a lot more pollution with batteries than petroleum. Needless to say, I was taxed off my island by the town of St. George. The island is now owned by John Malone. Thanks, Stone. Graphing batteries can be charged much faster, and they don't have the same fire safety issues as standard lithium polymer and nickel metal hydrate. It offers higher electrical conductivity than lithium-ion batteries. It allows for faster charging cells that are able to deliver a file, very high currents as well. This is particularly useful for high-capacity car batteries. For example, fast device-to-device -device charging. Okay. No more jumping cables. Hey, you have jumpers. I'm broke down over here. Help me. 
Oh, this is good. Man, this this EV thing. EV is like pot. Remember we used to discuss marijuana and that, that would take over the entire show over and over and over again. <laughs> Hour two is in the books. Hour three, you and me when we return right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, com. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. With more 411 here for the third hour. I'm Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk. AM 600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Mm, mm, mm. All right, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. You can, of course, uh, podcast on Sister SoundCloud and Spotify and app directly at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. And uh, you can watch live uh, anywhere you anywhere you happen to be though i've got to read this this is good i had to read it at first but um eddie i bet those actuaries are already calculated when it comes to the home fire and the risk and yeah probably very likely certainly we saw that with mark stein and those people who are taking the (laughs) still taking the vaccines now they're removing the tests altogether and mandating due to the new CDC guidance. We're going to get into that uh, next. We got to talk about COVID. Um, you know, I had a lot of other topics that we could address. Um, Islam in New Mexico, just very quickly. Um, drugs, want to get the latest crime report. Uh, we're at 102 murders, by the way, in case anybody's actually counting. <laughs> I, I had to put it on my whiteboard, and every single time there's a murder, because then we go back and recount, you always get it wrong. And then, um, Let's see, more stuff on economy, mostly COVID. So, but this to wrap up the EV. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say electric vehicles. I don't know why. Graphing, we learned about that. All right, here we go. This is what I wrote after researching electric vehicle investment. The dirty business of electric cars. The solution to the pollution is more pollution. If you can still afford to drive, then you've probably seen a few of those trendy high-tech electric vehicles quietly zipping down the pothole-riddled streets of our town. Nothing smells more like a virtual signaling than New Age Punk trying to save the environment. This couldn't be further from the truth. Let's analyze the facts. Lithium batteries provide energy source for these environmentally friendly electric vehicles. Lithium is mined using giant diesel-powered earth movers that belch tons of dirty carbon emissions into the air annually. The same carbon emissions electric vehicles are supposed to prevent. The amount of EVs needed to offset the carbon emissions created by the heavy industrial equipment used to strip lithium mining is mind-boggling. It makes absolutely no sense. Toxic runoff into streams? Rivers and village drinking sources is another real concern that climate change believers didn't factor into the equation. The whole manufacturing chain of electric vehicles is dirty and destructive on an epic scale. It creates more pollution, 
waste and carbon emissions than the oil and gas industry ever could imagine. Immeasurable. The promise of clean energy vehicles is a fraud and does nothing to curb climate change or save the environment. Instead, it actually leaves the planet in a much worse state than it did before. Electric vehicles are a resource-heavy product produced with many environmentally harmful components and materials. The interiors are made up of petroleum-based plastics, carbon, and synthetic fabrics. EVs require a whopping 183 pounds of copper for each vehicle. How many uh, burglaries of uh, commercial buildings is that? You know, 183 pounds. Remember all the copper thefts that we used to have? And then finally the uh, various uh, plants that would give them money for it, stop taking it. Yeah, 183 pounds of copper for each vehicle. Aluminum for the bodies, steel for the frames, rubber for the tires, Electric circuits and motherboards round out a list of environmentally hazardous materials used in the making of these vehicles. Your home EV charging station will increase your electric usage by more than four times the current rate. Those stats do even households with two ve- these stats do even with households with two vehicles. According to EPA statistics, as of 2022, natural gas 38%, coal 23% are the largest electric generation source in the U.S. market. Wow. In short, the electronic vehicle frenzy is doing the complete opposite of what it has been sold to do. Electric vehicles are fueling the next environmental disaster while free, feeling the deep pocket of wealthy climate alarmists. That's pretty good. Yes, I will get you a calendar. Absolutely. Send me your address. I'll send you a calendar. Uh, the first calendar should be arriving today or tomorrow uh, if you guys uh, check your mailbox on that. So it's a non-politically correct calendar, meaning it doesn't have any of those I don't know, Muslim holidays and I don't know. Doesn't have Kwanzaa, that's for sure. Uh, has no uh, LGBTQ month, no Black History Month, no, not even Hispanic History Month, no Native American Month, nothing, not, none of that crap. Clear all that crap out of your calendars. Get a calendar for me, and I'll give it to you. It's got a little tag. It'll remind you to listen to the uh, Rock of Talk. Should have known. Speaking of uh, Muslims, well, here in the Albuquerque Journal. <coughs> Hardly got uh, amplified, but a nice uh, write-up by Olivier Uriavok and Colleen Heald of the Albuquerque Journal. Uh, you can subscribe if you like. <clears throat> I do, actually. Yes, I'm still subscribed, but I've got to get you some of the news. And, you know, unfortunately, 4713 will only write, they barely write. <laughs> so some of this stuff, I'm like, where is this stuff coming from? So a U.S. magistrate judge last Friday ordered New Mexico man detained on federal charges alleging he attempted to recruit and train people to fight on behalf of ISIS here in Albuquerque <laughs> on ISIS. The indictment handed up Tuesday by federal grand jury alleges Hernan Herman Levon Wilson provided material support and resources to the foreign terrorist or does someone not let this guy know that ISIS is done for? Oh, wait, they heard Joe Biden got elected. They're like, well, looks like the coast is clear. No more Trump. <laughs> looks like we can do what we need to do again. Terrorize the world. More beheadings. That's racist. No, it's true. Actually, that's what ISIS did. Good. Look it up. I'm going to show you the videos. I still got them. Remember ISIS? Iamless claimed ISIS claimed responsibility for dragging a man, an American man through the... Hey, you were trying to adapt their culture. You were culturally appropriating. So they drug them through the center of the streets, 
then they beheaded him. Remember, we were watching the beheading videos. It was all the rage all over. They take it off Facebook yet. I don't even think Facebook was. Yeah, no, Facebook was around. I remember that. Facebook had that on there. Couldn't have anything that said anything about Hunter Biden. Other federal documents say he radicalized others and tried to set up a training camp. And he drove a confidential informer to Kirtland Air Force Base, describing it as a target. Yes, 45. He's known as Bilal Mumin Abdullah. Nothing wrong with me pronouncing it. Not nothing racist about it. That's the man's name. Attempted to impede the investigation by shutting down an online platform that contained records of his and others' activities, according to the U.S. District Court. So there it is. ISIS is here. Uh, we've got uh, serial killers, uh, terrorists, all hanging out here in Albuquerque. Just chilling. There's one. There's probably more. Federal authorities allege that Wilson attempted to establish a mosque called the Islamic State Center in New Mexico that would teach ISIS ideology. How do we know something like that doesn't already exist here? I mean, we had a man who was terrorizing the city of Albuquerque, right? We had, they needed our help. Mohammed Saeed. When does he get, get charged for the fourth? A lot of Muslim news lately. Saeed entered a, key, a guilty plea last Friday of not guilty. Yep, not guilty. We all know he did it. Pretty easy. You could uh, look at all the rest of the stuff, but uh, there it is, folks. Uh, 550 5500. That's 550 5500 uh, if you want to go ahead and text in. Uh, and if you want to text in and send me your address, I'll send you the calendar uh, as well. And uh, let's not forget, uh, we got to talk about COVID, get an update there. And uh, I think we also talk about drugs and crime here to complete the show here on this beautiful Monday afternoon. This is why we live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and why I come from 11 generations of living this long here for the beautiful weather, the great climate, and, well, certainly not the political correctness, but that's what we are right now. Damn the patriarchy. Back in three. Thanks for listening. Mountain Standard Time. Need to add a prenup day on the calendar. <laughs> the day you signed your prenup. Doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of marriage? Why would you get a prenup? Seriously. She take my money when I'm in need. Oh, <laughs> she the gold digger. Way over town. That digs. All right. So, Syed, uh, by the way. <clears throat> A grand jury indicted him August 19th. Uh, he's charged, someone asked, of what three? Aftab Hussein, 41. Muhammad Afsal Hussein, 27, the one Melanie Stansbury worked with. And then the third shooting of Naheem Hussein, 25. So they got to go back to the oldest one to link him to that fourth one. So uh, we'll see if if that ends up happening. Uh, they're also alleging that the ballistic test of uh, bullet casings found near the scene, Naheem Hussein shooting, links Saeed to the killing directly. He's a he's a stone cold killer. There he is. He's got a quite the goofy little look there. There he is.
But it's not just Muslims killing people here. No, 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 no. It's it's Hispanics. Yes, but make no mistake about it. Gang, gangster, gangster at the top of the list. Mostly Hispanics. Yes, some blacks. I don't see any white gangs. Where's the white supremacy gangs? They're around there. How about the Hispanic heritage gangs? Are they they're somewhere somewhere? I don't, I don't see those. <clears throat> Coronado Park is now shut down. I was reading this story about Joe Garcia. Joseph, Joe T, JT Garcia. Well, from what I can s- surmise from all this, he's a pretty stand-up guy. Now he's going to get convicted of murder. He killed a guy who stabbed... Somebody earlier in the week at Coronado Park. He's charged with the murder and tampering with evidence of the death of 33-year-old Andrew Aguilar. Surprised he has a name. I got a name. Detectives were told that Garcia was part of a group of subjects that controlled the park and sanctioned off the land for people to live in the park. (laughs) Manager's gone. He murdered somebody. So... They found all sorts of stuff at the park, 4,500 fentanyl pills. We got to talk about that. Front page, Albuquerque Journal right there. Fentanyl. Well, we got to go ahead and do what we can to aid the drug users. We're always, we're always, keeping, we're always keeping the drug users really safe. 2,008 grams of heroin, 29 grams of cocaine, several rocks, crack, $10,000 in cash, as uh, Dow told you a little bit earlier. Warren issued for his arrest on August 5th. They interviewed him, arrested him for unlawful carrying of a deadly weapon. And Warren's for failing to appear in another misdemeanor case. He was released following day. The warrant was issued for more than a month later when he was again accused of failing to appear in court. Why was he out? Well, it turns out he's not all that bad. Okay. He's controlling the park. He's a lot of other stuff that's going on. But apparently his godfather provides food and homeless to the homeless people at the park told investigators that the shooting was in retaliation for Aguilar stabbing another man during a fight a week earlier. He said his godson had been buying and using drugs at the park as well. Apparently who he had taken out was a drug dealer. He's facing probably life in prison for the murder of Andrew Aguilar. Probably better ways to handle that. Well, thank God that uh, Coronado park is closed. Where did they all go? Is anybody, have they found him? Yes, they've, they've been found. Okay. Remember, don't, don't forget, folks, They $25,000 to go ahead and, and clean up this mess. What they did on a weekly basis, people would come and do their donations. Right? Tim Keller last week called it the most dangerous place in New Mexico. Okay. Well, they, why didn't you shut it down earlier? Now... Tim Keller wants to create Coronado Parks everywhere in Albuquerque because little Brooke Bassan's little stunt that she pulled by introducing this stuff, well, this is going to hang on her because Tim Keller is going to keep creating Coronado Parks throughout the rest of the city of Albuquerque. You're welcome, Albuquerque. The mayor vetoed legislation that would place a moratorium on safe outdoor spaces. Remember the same one that... uh, Safe outdoor spaces that Brooke Basson proposed. Safe. That feels very safe to you. <laughs> Drugs, fentanyl. I mean, 4,500 pills of fentanyl. Just, just wipe out the entire population with that. 
the same one that they passed the zoning code update that allows safe outdoor spaces and certain non-residential mixed use gave all the power that Keller needed to go ahead and veto the legislation to remove it. How about not introducing it in the first place? The moratorium on it passed 6-3, and of course it was Pat Davis and that the weirdo architect dude and, you know, some other crazy liberal out there. Nope, we've got Coronado Park going all over the place. All over. NIMBY? Well, it's going to be in your backyard. Jimby, just in time, just in in your backyard. (laughs) Jimby, I like that. (laughs) Yep, they can test those uh, fentanyl test strips. You now can take 400 fentanyl pills to your park where that stuff's going to be. Drugged up, homeless. They don't care about drugs. They don't care about, remember, we've got to help the people with needle users. We've got to give them good, clean needles. We don't care that where there's needles in the parks. We've got to give them good, clean, good, clean drugs without the fentanyl. We don't really care that, that, that marijuana and all the rest of that stuff. That's, that's okay. We're just going to make sure that they can test it so that those fentanyl strips, so that they don't have fentanyl, so nothing is laced with fentanyl. How do you raise a child in this environment? Honestly, you got interference that's being run consistently. Coronado Park calls to police plummeted this year. Well, they, they, they plummeted, Jessica, because nobody calls 911 anymore. Because if you, it, but by the way, we're at less than 850 police officers. I've got news. I've got news. 102 murders, less than 850 police. The actual person who was charged with keeping stats on the Albuquerque Police Department and the number of people who are currently employed in the Albuquerque Police Department, he himself also just retired. Like, I can't take it anymore. I'm out of here. Losing all my friends, losing every Everyone's retiring. I got to retire. <laughs> it's funny because, well, it's not funny because it's funny, but again, it's not funny. I called 911 like four times yesterday. It's like, there's 200 people of one of the cartels that are out drag racing, uh, they're drinking, they're they're doing drugs on the hood of the car. Nothing can be done about it. No one's going to show up. No one's going to show up. Now, what happens? What happens when you start spreading these camps that now, Tim Keller, you're responsible for? But that's okay. The media is going to say that you're doing good. Oh, we were we arrested 16, 19 shoplifters. Operation Keep Killer's Nose Clean. We're going to go ahead and do a report. <laughs> this is how ridiculous it's gotten. They're doing uh, certified good guy reports now on the fact that just doing their job. Like you have to do a report on the fact that they're arresting shoplifters. Like that's how ludicrous this has gotten. Oh, they're doing their job. Hey, we need to do a report. The Albuquerque Police Department, story at 10. Albuquerque Police does their job. (laughs) That's literally the report. 19 shoplifters. Look what we're doing to crack down on crime. Well, it's not the shoplifters. It's everything else. How about the murders? Stolen vehicles. There's no more vehicles to steal. That's why we're dropping in the rankings. We're doing a better job. No, you're not doing a better job. There's no other other vehicles to steal. So when they move these encampments into your neighborhood, and Tim Keller is certainly ready to move them wherever he possibly can, because you got to put do something with them. You're going to see more killing of homeless people. 
You're just going to see random people go out there and take out a homeless person or two just because they're just fed up. Like, ah, I'm done with it. Albuquerque Police Department is going to do it. This guy's crappy. I, like, I went up and down Central this morning taking my kids to school. I'm like, okay, we're going to take the scenic route. Kids, take a look at it. So the Cafe de Lot had two guys sleeping on the front of the, uh, the his place. The homeless encampment there at the corner of San Mateo and Central. That's right there around, right around a vacant building. I counted seven vacancies for restaurants that supposedly didn't close. And homeless people all the way up and down Central, Knob Hill, right? Right in front of the old zinc, homeless person, like homeless people up, up just right out in the open, hanging out, pushing carts. I mean, this guy had a cart piled, I don't know, about six, seven feet high and about six, seven feet long. He was wheeling everything in front of the old Burger King over there. Wex, nobody was there. It was like two customers. Monday morning. Hey, we need to go and rally. You know, we got big business to start preparing for. Let's meet at the Wex. No, we're not meeting over there. Not at that Wex. Across the street from um, right next to the asshole. Yeah. No, thanks. Seven vacancies. Somehow we have more restaurants than we did before. No one's going over there. Why? Because M. Tucci's told you that that business is up? Where, Where? How? How are there more restaurants open? Anybody know about the permitting process? We'll have the report on all that kind of stuff. When they move these camps into your neighborhoods, because now Tim Keller says he's going to, they're bringing their drugs, they're bringing their crime, and they're going to bring their homelessness right there with you. And they're going to sit on their corner and they're going to camp out and they're going to beg for money. Why? Because you idiots keep voting for Democrats. And you idiots also vote for soft rhino Republicans. And you idiots really hate males, Hispanic males, who like to uphold the law, by the way. Think about that for a second. This remarkable conservative heritage that we've had that's come by way of our great Catholic church is completely and totally getting destroyed. Back for a segment when we return, I'll talk about crime and the latest murders in the city. Here in the queue. Six thirty three here in the Kiva, having some champurado. Yeah. Well, it's not actual, it's a uh, cachava with coffee. Cachava. 240 calorie meal, nine grams of high fiber, 25 grams of protein, 26 essential vitamins and minerals. Uh, for those of you on Rock of Talk TV, there it is. Cachava. This is uh, vanilla. There it is. Um, Champurado is actually pretty good. I lived in Mexico City for a little while. Um, Mexican chocolate, milk. Um, you have, uh, I don't know if you guys know what panela is, but that's pretty good. You, you can only eat so much. It's like real, you know, that, uh, it's got Goya. You get like, it's like compacted brown sugar. Ooh, it's good. Mmm. Mmm. Boy, getting hungry. I'm ready. I'm ready for Christmas. Feliz Navidad. All right. Let's get back to this. Um, <clears throat> what will the, what will Santa have in our stockings this year? 130 murders. 135 murders. That's a lot of murdering. Eddie, the Dems had a big party at M. Tucci's Pan American Thursday night. 
My model daughter went with the rich boyfriend. Oh, there it is, huh? They also had drag queen shows at M. Tucci's. Yeah, they love their drag queens. Work it, girl. Do your stuff on the run. See, you didn't know I knew some drag. RuPaul, there it is. By the way, Ru, RuPaul used uh, drag all the time. No, he used, uh, what did he say? You know, anyway, I drove up that exact area on Central. I couldn't believe it. It was really frightening. I had my 10-year-old grandson with me and told him to look at what Albuquerque is turning into. Talk to your kids about what's going on in this this crap hole we call Albuquerque right now. Seriously. I'd love to be I'd love to be your mayor and, and clean up. Start throwing everybody in the paddy wagon. Nick Nick, paddy wagon, give a dog a bone. And told him to look at what Albuquerque is turning into. I used to stop at some of the stores around there, but I will never again. Never. Nunca. I live on the cusp of Rio Rancho and Bernalillo, and we are seeing a lot more people walking. Either walking. I see them walking a lot dressed in all black and black backpacks. It's obvious they don't belong here. You're not from around here, are you, son? There it is. Got a little bit of that. Go, Eddie. You're, uh, you're right. The people are getting what they paid for or don't pay for. No. <laughs> I think the Fentalitos killed all the alm trees. También. They overdosed the trees, bro. Put the trees on the murder count. También. Carritos empujados. Hopefully I said something. Eddie, they took our scanners away. No more transparency, as promised by Keller, they wouldn't do. Uh, Murder Mike is losing his purpose in life, folks. I'm trying my very best to get a scanner. but I, I. So apparently, I can sue the city of Albuquerque for a scanner because the reason I didn't get one is because I wasn't part of the group of people that sued the city of Albuquerque. I guess 4713, uh, maybe other media agencies all sued uh, the city at some point. All I have to do is regenerate that. So, Gilbert Gallegos, I'm coming for you. <laughs> That's funny, no? Eddie, everyone that gets drugs right now illegally is probably getting a small dose of fentanyl because the dealers have found that it's more lucrative, lucrative to get people addicted to the fentanyl than it is to sell marijuana or anything else. I was specifically told not to call 911 for homeless trespass by dispatch. Did you record the calls? Uh, if you guys have a 911 call that you record, play it back to me. I'm actually uh, legal. Legal. I can play it. The one one party. So people are being dissuaded from calling. So people do what they're gonna do. Homeless gonna homeless. Druggies gonna drug. Uh, just count the votes like they're all. The law says Eddie Robin Hood. The conservatives. They put a tattoo face Fentalito on the cover of the urinal today. Now he's a muy famoso. That's it. I got it right here. All I need to know about the Albuquerque Journal is they they never pick it up on the front front porch. The front porch. There he is, striking it up. Look at that face tattoo. Like Iron Mike. A man who identifies himself as face. Smokes a fentanyl pill. Like, they're literally... They're literally taking a picture of somebody breaking the law on the front page of the Albuquerque Journal. Lawlessness. No, we want to make sure that this man is okay. We want... We need that kind of... We need that kind of contribution in our community. I showed my kids the front page of the Albuquerque Journal. The way out to school this morning. At Phil Chacon. Who's Phil Chacon? Who's Juan Tabo? <clears throat> Trying to have a good time, folks. I, I don't know. There's no humor here. This sucks. Faye said he turned to smoking fentanyl after a near fatal car crash 11 weeks ago. Got a rosary around his neck, though. Por Dios. 
One thing says hope like smoking fentanyl. State adds fentanyl test strips to tools that boost safety for drug users. But he doesn't own a car anymore. A man holds a fentanyl test strip that he received from Ashley Charzuk, New Mexico Harm Reduction Collaborative's executive director. Hey, way to go, Ashley. Saving the world. One druggie at a time. Yeah, you got to keep them around. So what life worth saving? They mean something to somebody. Well, they don't even mean anything to themselves. What have I always told you? I think I said this during the um, mayoral election. I don't believe in rehabilitation. I I don't. I do not believe in any sort of rehabilitation. Not services, not anything that will provide a clean needle, nothing, period. Rehabilitation is enabling. Rehabilitation attracts. Rehabilitation is telling you, hey, it's okay if you mess up 10, 100, 1,000 times. When you don't have consequences on your act, on your actions, you know, I've, I've been to the bottom of a bottle. I've been to the bottom of something at some point. Everybody has. Whether it's alcohol, drugs, a relationship, you decide that uh, your life is worth something to yourself and to the other people around you. That's That's rehabilitation right there. Your rehab is, you know, when you found yourself Sunday morning. I mean, I could do Johnny Cash all day, but we're not going to. Criminals high on drugs, they buy with stolen goods. Nathan Farmer writes this. I own a business that relies on two large work trucks. If one vehicle goes down, my business and my revenues are cut in half. The mayor's apathy is destroying the city. These crimes are harming good people. While he aids and assists drug addicts and criminals by his inaction. I understand these criminals' lives may be difficult. (laughs) Why do we care? If a criminal showed up at your doorstep, crossed into your place, wouldn't you shoot his ass? I think you would. Why do you care? Nobody asked you to go out and be Jesus Christ. Nobody asked you to go out and be the, you know, uh, say Marta de Porres. Nobody asked you to do that. The mayor has created a crime-ridden haven for us to reside, and he lets them use the city bus for free, enabling them to easily wreak havoc all over the city. Yes. Go after the people with any sort of power, with any sort of money. Good people are leaving while his policies are welcoming the bottom of society into droves. Do better, Mayor Keller. No, he doesn't care. He loves he can hang out in his country club, a few houses down from the old the Albuquerque Country Club. Things are good there. People aren't calling 911. They don't care. And, and, and just so you know that they love drug culture, I mean, look at uh, Ben Ray Lujan. He introduced the Secure and Fair Enforcement Advertising Act that would allow New York's Madison Avenue advertisers to promote weed on television and radio stations. The legislation would not normally normalize marijuana, but would also certainly increase the rates of use. Use, no, no doubt about it. This is from Luke Niforatos, Executive Vice President of Smart Approaches to Marijuana, written August seventh. Pick it up your Albuquerque Journal. Look at me, I'm helping. I'm helping Albuquerque Journal all over the place. Like, get your subscription today, folks. Luhan stated broadcasters should be allowed to advertise safe legal cannabis products on their pro. Hey. You're in your car? Oh, you heard that great radio ad? Yeah, stop by over uh, Por Vida. I don't know. Is that the name of a, I don't, I didn't, it was not intended to name the actual place. And then you have people writing on behalf of the New Mexico Broadcasters Association. Paula Mays, who's probably a great person, said, won't put ads on TV radio. <laughs> what was the thing about? 
The SAFE Act, she says, which would allow radio and television stations to accept cannabis advertisements without being penalized by the Federal Communications Commission. Sam's criticism is based on a fundamental misunderstanding of the legislation, she says. The focus is on the health risks surrounding the misuse of cannabis. These risks have been evaluated by the lawmakers in New Mexico and the state capitals across the country during the legislative process. To avoid FCC penalties, the legislation requires the local stations comply with the law of the state in which they are licensed. This means that local stations in New Mexico would not be able to accept cannabis advertisements because they are prohibited by state law. Okay, well, guess what's going to get passed this year? That's right. Cannabis advertisements that are not going to be prohibited by state law. Wuhan's bill does not change or override this prohibition in any way. Well, Paula, you just basically put it out there. Another stream, another income stream for who? For radio stations, right? They're going to do that. Whatever it takes to survive. Yeah, that's fine. What did I say from the very beginning? No casino money on my station. Why? I don't think it promotes. Now we're getting into marijuana. I mean, it doesn't matter. Front page of the Albuquerque Journal. Got a guy literally taking a picture smoking fentanyl. I don't even know. You can, I don't know what you can do. Meanwhile, what are we, north of 100 now? 102. No, Eddie, you're wrong. You've got the wrong number. Here's the latest. 5239 Nepali Northeast from Lieutenant Ray Del Greco says they're investigating a suspicious death. One male is deceased from an apparent gunshot wound. Albuquerque shoots, kills man after West Side confrontation. Not counted in the numbers, by the way, at the Valero gas station. They're on 2721 Coors. Last night, he wouldn't get out. He was smoking. Told him to get out. He didn't cooperate. And he got back into his car. At that time, multiple officers fired shots. Medina said the individual did die as a result of the gunshot wounds. And finally, two killed in Northeast Albuquerque shooting. And that is uh, near the Kawasaki RNS Sea-Doo Suzuki Center, 92-23 Marin Circle. So uh, there you go. There's the latest of what's going on. I-40 and Lomas, uh, tough area continues to be. Back to wrap the show. When we return, I'll uh, wrap it up with some uh, COVID headlines and things you need to pay attention to right here in the Geek. Don't forget, you can uh, get a download of this show visually if you want to see. Mira, mira. There he is. He's kind of big. Why is he so tall? I didn't know they make him that big. I'd like to say hi to my uh, mom today. She uh, just had surgery. And I certainly hope that she comes out of it okay. She's not able to walk. So hopefully uh, she'll be all right. And, of course, uh, lost my uncle a couple weeks ago. We brought somebody new into the family, and that's pretty cool. I re- recently reconnected with all my family over the last year. and Well, there's the good and the bad of all that stuff, but you guys, uh, that's for another day, another time. Uh, wait until the homeless people start realizing that they could in- instigate an incident at a homeowner's address and then say that the homeowner came out with a gun and had them SWAT teamed. They bait homeowners like that in Chicago. I'm sure they do. All right. 
Well, the governor tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Thankfully, uh, I think she's going to be okay. I'm very grateful to be experiencing only mild symptoms after, after, after being fully, like, <clears throat> Democrat statement right after this, after being fully vaccinated and twice boosted. <laughs> fully? I don't, is that three times? She got a full count. Here comes the inside pitch. And she strikes out. That's what I want to see at the November polls, November 7th, 11-7. 7-Eleven, I encourage all New Mexicans who have yet to be vaccinated or boosted against COVID-19 to do so. You can schedule shots at cv.nmhealth.org. Okay, will it prevent me from getting it? No, but when you get it. Au contraire, Michel Grisham. You don't know much about the COVID. It's so bad for you. Vaccinated are making up higher proportions of COVID-19 metrics in the United States. 67% of the deaths in Kentucky were among the vaccinated. Oh, <gasps> I guess, <clears throat> I guess this applies. I guess her statement applies everywhere, but Kentucky. You know, Rand Paul's there. He's, he, he's a doctor. He's an There's clear evidence, according to Dr. Bob Malone, Robert Malone, clear evidence that the vaccines are not working to prevent disease and death. <laughs> wow. This is the guy that invented the mRNA vaccine. And he's literally telling you it's not working to prevent disease or death. There it is. Didn't say anything about recovery there. And Michelle Long Grissom's let it out. How about uh, cases in Alaska? Unvaccinated release at least one vaccination. These are fascinating numbers. Fascinating. Michelle Long Grissom is a liar top to bottom. Roger Klein, policy advisor to the Heartland Institute, former advisor to the U.S. Senators for Disease. Former, no longer. Unless one is able to correct for age and health status, the number is misleading and does not lead to the conclusion that vaccines are ineffective. Keep taking it. I'm now getting paid privately on the side. And there it is. Unvaccinated are people who have gotten zero shots, did not get the shot. Partially vaccinated people have received one dose of Moderna or Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines. Fully vaccinated people who have complete total lobotomies and who have completed a primary series of a vaccine. And boosted, fully boosted, people have received at least one extra shot on top of the primary series. Here we go. The vaccinated. 52% in Ohio got COVID. They're fully vaccinated at the time. 52% received it. 66% in Kentucky, as I stated. Mississippi, 51.7%. in in Rhode Island. It's like the more Democrat you get, the higher the impact. Vermont, 78.6%. Got to be a Bernie brother. No, how come we're not talking about her infection as a breakthrough? <laughs> I had the worst joke in my head just now. <laughs> you know, breakthrough. <laughs> uh, AstraZeneca. They're saying not a good use of the resources. Pascal Sorat, AstraZeneca's chief executive officer, said that he is unclear on whether boosting people every year is critical. Guy who could be making money. Maybe he recently went to confession. People who are otherwise healthy, especially if they're young, have been vaccinated, have had boosted, boosting them again. I'm not sure it's really a good use of resources. No, I don't think so either. What do you think? <laughs> the data is saying it is decidedly so. 10% of Americans regret taking COVID vaccine. 15% have new medical condition after it. Wow. Wait. 
one in seven has a new medical condition after getting the vaccine. You don't say. 1,038 adults who took a survey, 15% had been diagnosed with a new condition within weeks or even months after taking the vaccine. The CHD, Children's Health Defense Commission, a poll two years after the inception of the Operation Warp Speed in order to find out about people's position on the COVID vaccines and their health. The poll conducted by Zogby, very good, states that the margin of error is plus or 3.1 percentage points. The fact that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports that 232 million Americans ages 18 to 65 have taken at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. And 15% of those surveyed reported newly diagnosed condition is concerning and needs a further study. It's mind-blowing! It's unbelievable! What are you talking about? 15% of that number? Are you kidding me right now? Uh, carry the one. 35 to 38 million U.S. citizens have a new medical health condition after taking the shot. That is incredible. What? That shot is safe. Well, we told you it was safe. It's going to be safe. Lawsuits are now coming for everyone that doesn't change their COVID mandates after the CDC update. No, believe the CDC, whatever they say. Oh, we're going to come after businesses. We're going to come after people. We're going to come after radio hosts. We're going to come after everybody. You said the vaccine. <laughs> I've got all the data. We've got the uh, stuff compiled, sir. Yep, we got uh, two and a half years of uh, shows there on uh, rockoftalk.chat. And uh, yeah, basically all of our information uh, shows that the CDC is wrong. Would you like to go to court? No, we're just going to keep scaring the bejesus out of all the low information people out there. Whatever bejesus is. That should be a quantity at some point. Don't you think? Four bejesus. Weezy. CDC admits it gave false information. Hey, believe us. We're telling you to do it. CDC has admitted it gave false information about vaccine surveillance, including inaccurately saying it had conducted a certain type of analysis more than a year before it actually did. Yeah, whoa. Yeah, just take it. Just take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see how you do. You're a human experiment. You're a walking talk. Did you take it? We can see you at the airports. Yeah, here it is. Heart inflammation. Nope, we didn't, we didn't test for that. The dating, data mining, CDC promised in January that it would perform a specific type of data mining. Analysis on the VAERS reports called proportional reporting. But when the Children's Health Defense, a nonprofit, asked for the results, the CDC said, uh, uh, no. It's outside of the agency's purview. No, you don't get to have it. But we get to tell you what to do. Dr. John Su, who heads CDC, VAERS team, saw Epoch Times. In the email, CDC started performing PRRs in February 2021 and continues to do so to date. Take the vaccine. I told you. Okay. All right, John Sue, whatever you say. So what's the Food and Drug Administration to do? What are they worried about? <laughs> you guessed it. Well... The AstraZeneca guy recently uh, turned, he says, this may not be a good use of resources. I just came from confession myself. 
But I believe that we need to start thinking about, well, life after life after death. So many of us are dying. Top FDA officials are concerned about the pressure to authorize COVID-19 vaccine boosters. 15%, I told you. These people are worried about what they're telling you. Who's putting them up to this? Why are they being put up to this? Are they also in fear of losing their jobs if they tell you not to take the vaccine? If they tell you, wait, wait, we, maybe we don't need to be booster. Maybe we don't need to be developing any more vaccines. Why are we removing the test? Who is at the controls of this ridiculousness that's going on? It's the devil himself. Evil. Pure evil. Running every politician, every corporation, every globalist, every liberal out there to put you six feet under. Hey, after all, we legalized euthanasia in the state of New Mexico last year. Why isn't that part of the uh, rage against MLG here in 2022? 550, Red-handed. All right, I'll look at an eye-opener in, in um, Audible. I know you have to say Hope Gruesome okay, but I hope she dies. Wow. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. I actually want everybody to live. Believe it or not, my, my champurado makes me live. Uh, there we go. And uh, let's see. My brother got prostate cancer since he took the caca shots. He's barely, he's barely 56. <laughs> How do you know someone's from New Mexico? Uh, I think it's that right there. All right. We're going to have a good time tomorrow, too. Dad will be back. Uh, no, we probably won't hear about his trip. And if you're a friend, then I would suppose you get to. But that's, that's for the people that are close to him, his dogs and his family. And maybe me. Maybe. I don't even know. He'll be back uh, tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening in uh, this afternoon. Had a good time uh, with you. It's been a great six days of broadcasting, uh, one outside of the studio and five inside the studio with limit little to no technical difficulties. We did it, everybody. Monday in the books. Back tomorrow, 4 p.m., bright and early in the game.